0: Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Zach. And welcome to The Movie Vault. Today we're reviewing the 2001
1: movie directed by Richard Kelly, Donnie Darko. It's a movie about five nights at Freddy's meets time travel. Yep, and it grossed
0: $7.5 million to a $4.5 million budget. But DVD sales hit $10 million plus on this, so it's a little bit of a late bloomer. And it has a Rotten Tomato score of eighty six percent. Wow, that's actually pretty high. Yes. Yeah, so, seeing all of this uh, before us, would you consider this
1: a botch watch or top notch? Ooh, definitely botch slash top notch on that borderline. I would say. But oh, I mean, watch slash top notch. Or not botch. Yeah. Uh, I'm just tired. Yeah. Uh, watch slash top notch. I would say top-notch. I think that this is a really important
0: movie to independent films especially. So uh, it's a it's a very interesting success story, but I'm sure we'll get into that later. I'm uh, sure of that too. And so now we will get into the plot, which we will definitely not butcher, and we will definitely explain to the fullest of...
1: Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward plot, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, Ben, go. All right, so Donnie
0: is... Uh, Donnie Darko, we are introduced to him, and he is a young teen who is a little bit troubled. And one day, a jet engine falls into his bedroom. But fortunately, before the jet engine fell into his bedroom, he was uh, brought away uh, from his room by his friend, who is this guy who comes into his imagination or something named Frank. And Frank tells him, uh, brings him out of the house, and then the jet engine
1: crashes into the, his bedroom. So Frank basically saves his life. But to reiterate that, Frank is this big bunny. Bunny with, that has a very
0: weird, scary looking face. Yes. So uh, we after this, uh, there's a lot of different storylines going on at once. So it's hard to exactly put a specific order on them. But uh, Donny goes to school and is uh, we see his interactions with teachers which seem to be somewhat um, strained especially with Miss farmer who mm. is the health class teacher uh, they get into a verbal disagreement at one point um, he seems to take kind of uh, have this interesting relationship with the English teacher who ends up getting fired because her work is viewed as inappropriate but Donnie also ends up doing more things for Frank, such
1: as flooding the school, burning a building down, burning
0: down a house, and eventually...
1: Merging timelines, which will time be revealed. Lines. Yes. So, by the way, you're probably realizing now it was me. I was being sarcastic when I said this is a straightforward plot. We had to watch an explanation video. At yeah, the, after, after this. this movie,
0: and this is the second time I've watched it, and I still needed the explanation movie to kind of get what was going on in some of it. But there, I think it's best to go character by character in this movie, and kind of talk about the different characters' roles. So we talk about Donny. And, uh, so Donnie, Donnie goes through, he follows Frank's commands, he, uh, and then he meets this girl, Gretchen, who, uh, who he, um, falls in love with. Sort of. Sort of. And, uh, but after a Halloween party, Gretchen is run over by a car who happens to be driven by Frank, who is the bunny, but this is actually real Frank, not frank who
1: is coming into his imagination and telling him what to do so then the the tensions kind of rise as donnie sees all these different signs throughout his life pointing to a time limit that was written on his arm that night when the turbine yes and that time
0: is supposed to be when the world ends and uh there's other characters in this movie uh such as his parents who kind of do things to move along uh the plot and then Jim Cunningham is a, a like, motivational speaker who
1: she, ends up not being a great
0: guy. Who ends up being involved in some very illegal and messed up activities. and uh, But Miss Farmer is so attached to the idea that this person can uh, bring people out of fear and into love that she is willing to defend somebody who is pretty clearly uh, like a very
1: evil person. Let's yeah. put it that way. Then from the girlfriend's perspective, what's her name again? Gretchen. Gretchen. From Gretchen's perspective, she comes from a bad background. Her uh, her stepdad stabbed her mom four times and went on the run, so then they moved and changed their names, and they became new students at uh, the same school that Donnie goes to where these teachers are. And then she meets Donnie, kind of likes him. They, uh, they start dating and stuff, and then she gets run over by a car and killed. Yes. And...
0: Uh- we also see, uh, so Drew Barrymore plays Karen Pomeroy, who's the English teacher, and she she has kind of a weird, I don't even know exactly what her role we'll is. We'll talk about her acting, and, but yeah. And uh, then Professor Kenneth Monatoff, played by Noah Weil, is, uh, helps um, Donnie understand some of the things with time travel, because he sort of starts to understand that what he's experiencing isn't just a psychological issue in his head, like his psychologist seems to think it is but is actually uh, something that is that he needs to go about fixing um, in in the in the universe and uh, this leads him to Roberta Sparrow who wrote a book mm-hmm. um, titled uh, philosophy of um, time travel philosophy of time travel and which um, his sister Elizabeth asked what uh, philosophy has
1: anything to do with time travel but apparently uh, it it does in this movie and that's actually a real book in real life written by a real person named Roberta Sparrow. Yes.
0: Although, I, I was reading in Wikipedia that it appears the book was released with the director's cut of the VHS. So oh, really? Sure. So it might not be real? So I don't know whether it's real. Um, because it says the director's cut includes a in text of the in-universe book Philosophy of Time Travel written by Roberta Sparrow. But it doesn't really say who actually wrote it, whether Roberta Sparrow did or not. So huh. that's kind of an, an odd an odd thing but you can actually go read the book and it supposedly helps you understand some of the things because donnie can there's things donnie can see at some points in the movie like people are pulled to do things so this is a predestined tangential universe where people are predestined to do things and he has the power to see where they're going like a few seconds ahead so it has these blurred lines that come from their body and he can even see his own which is kind of weird mm-hmm and, uh, there's also just some interesting weird side characters like Charita Chen, who is, I don't really understand what her point in the entire movie is because she mostly just gets made fun of the entire movie. Poor and, girl, poor girl. And I think it's revealed at the end that she had a crush on Donnie or something, but she, there's not really a lot of resolution with her. And then Seth Rogen actually plays, um, one of the bullies in this movie and this is like his first big rule role in a movie so that's that's kind of weird that this is where like seth rogan uh
1: like got his start yeah that is pretty interesting it's such a weird out there outlandish movie for seth rogan to become kind of a name from ashley
0: tisdale was in this too what who was she she was kim i'm assuming that's one of
1: those girls who was like at the bus stop oh yeah one of the little ones no, she was probably one of those younger girls that was dancing.
0: Yeah, probably. Because yeah. there's also this this gr- younger girls dance group called Sparkle Motion that Miss Farmer is a part of. Yeah. And there's this really funny line where she's talking to uh, Donnie's mom, who her daughter Samantha is also in the group, and and she's like, "I really doubt your devotion to Sparkle Motion," and uh, yeah. And she doubted correctly. She she doubted correctly. Um, she saw Sparkle Motion as being a lot more important. So- but. What you'll understand from our plot summary is that this movie is somewhat complicated and also co- incorporates a lot of different character storylines to what drive is, along. What is
1: the runtime? The main plot. It's uh, like an hour and forty. Hour and forty hours. Because so it, it's a lot to unpack in this movie. There's a lot of stuff in this movie, and
0: what we haven't gotten into is the like theory of of what the actual movie means.
1: Yes. So, but we didn't finish. So after after Gretchen gets run over by the car. It's the person that ran over with the car was Frank, the human Frank, because he takes off the bunny costume, and it's a human Frank. Uh, Donnie Darko gets mad, shoots Frank in the eye, um, runs away, goes, takes Gretchen's dead body to the end of the world, and then waits for the end of time, and then the, the clouds and everything converge, there's a whole big portal in the sky, and then the universe is saved, somehow you don't even realize it and then donnie darko dies because a plane engine falls yes on him. and you have no idea what happens yes
0: and then it goes backwards in time to show that he died in the primary universe even though we've been in the tangential universe the whole movie so like actually rewinds yeah and then there's this uh i think they use the song mad world um i don't think it's the it might be the is it the version by tears for fears i don't
1: exactly know which version of the song it was but i don't think that's super important yeah. So, basically, this entire movie, for after watching all of our theory videos, um, it's about a tangential universe and a regular universe. And it starts off at the beginning of the regular universe, and then something happens. There's two jet engines fall in... two of the same exact jet engines fall into one well, universe. Well, actually, what
0: happens is one jet engine falls into the tangential universe, so then there are two yeah. of the exact same jet engines in that universe because the plane is somewhere else from the other but they're the exact same jet engine so that messes up the um, stability of the tangential universe if the tangential universe collapses because of this then um, the main universe will be sucked into a black hole that's caused by the tangential universe collapsing in on itself so that's why donnie has to save the world so when they say the world is ending when frank tells him the world is ending he isn't lying the world that's both the tangential universe and the primary universe will end if he doesn't um, get the, the the jet engines back together, so to accomplish this, there are um, influencers who are both conscious not, conscious manipulators and unconscious manipulators. Conscious manipulators are dead, so Frank is dead, or or the version of Frank that is dead is manipulating him in a like very conscious way to do certain things, such as burn down the house or flood the school, and then unconscious frank is alive at the end when he gets shot and that's also an important thing because if, if frank doesn't die then there can't be a an, a conscious frank to lead yeah. him through the rest it's like of a the time movie.
1: loop so frank causes his own death and that death causes him to have the power to cause his own death yes and and it was
0: also pointed out that gretchen is a dead manipulator which i don't exactly understand how that could
1: she be so she's
0: pharaoh? yeah because no so so, Gretchen dies at the end, which gives her the ability to be a an a dead influencer throughout the whole thing. I think, but that's a little bit more confusing because Frank comes in like a vision-like way, yeah. where Gretchen is like more of a real life person when she interacts with Donny, um, and then her parents and some of the teachers and people are like subconsciously manipulating him. To do certain things. And then
1: when he merges these two timelines by getting the dead... He gets, like, the power to combine the two timelines again. And he uses this power to send the jet engine back into the other universe. And then the tangent universe disappears and it's just one primary timeline now. And then it's all over. He goes to bed where he should be. This time, Frank's not there as a dead influencer to pull him away from his own death. And he's laughing. He's just laughing in his bed. Nobody really knows why. But he is, and then the jet engine falls on him, and he dies. Yes. But then everybody else remembers that tangential. They kind remember of, sort of. some parts of the tangential. Like they universe have a faint is. memory of it, except for Gretchen. Gretchen,
0: and I think that's because she was a dead influencer in the tangential universe. But but that's just a theory. I don't really know that for sure. But even
1: even even uh, Frank had sort of a memory because he was rubbing his eye.
0: Yes. And he yes. got shot in the eye. And, and some of the other teachers and uh, Jim Cunningham also had memories
1: from the tangential universe. I will say this is very fascinating. I would definitely, I would actually say this is top notch. You should probably go watch this.
0: Yes, just because of all that they tried to accomplish, this is probably one of the more ambitious films that I've ever watched. And we'll get into whether we think that they were able to hit on like every every ambition, but um, yeah, so just just by the plot explanation, you can probably tell. And if you've watched this, you already know that this movie is kind of confusing, but given a little bit of research and stuff, you can kind of start to pull things together. So, the quote of the movie, um, I'll, I'll read Donnie and you can read Frank.
1: Okay. So, Donnie says, why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? I turn around and look at Donnie and I say, why are you wearing that stupid man suit? <laughs> uh, That's definitely, you gotta know the context. You gotta know the so context. you should probably go watch it.
0: But, uh, Donnie, Donnie and Frank, I like this because Don, Frank is at, at the start, seems to be kind of like a scary character, but as Donnie starts to see him more he starts getting more comfortable with the idea of of Frank visiting him and more aggressive in his like in his talking in yeah. his relationship
1: Donnie accepted that he's going to serve Frank for the rest of his existence.
0: Right, cuz he said Fra- he knows he said Frank saved his life so
1: he's like I like I've got to listen to this guy. What are your favorite scenes of the movie? My okay, I have a few. So there were a lot of weird wacky scenes like uh the first time when you see the those force things yeah. that go in front of people that like predicts where they're going to walk yeah i can't explain that in a podcast watch the movie or watch a youtube clip of it the the force movies that predict where people are going to walk in donnie darko um that was pretty cool the first time he experiences that another like anything with frank in it was really good really yeah that's true frank was a very good character because like He's not just like this big scary monster that haunts the movie. He's actually like a real character trying to accomplish something. And he's only scary because you don't know why he's doing it or what he's doing.
0: Yeah, and he has the most ridiculous looking evil costume. Like, I don't know how they came up with this bunny costume, but it is amazing.
1: But he's also a human, but he's a dead human.
0: Yes, so when he pulls off his mask for the first time, that's like a really cool scene. Especially because I knew this time why why his his eye was bloody but the first time I was like why is his eye bloody and even even uh Donnie asked that and he says you already know which I don't exactly understand why still why he said that but um, ac- according to
1: Frank he should
0: already know the
1: the cause yeah, of that another note that I want to say is like Donnie seems to be getting like crazier and crazier throughout this movie so like without watching the theory videos I thought that he was just getting more and more schizophrenic, and I thought that he was just becoming more and more mentally unstable, but really, he's just learning more and more about time travel, and he's kind of just becoming like more more towards omniscient in a sense, for where he's like he knows more than everyone else, so he's not crazy. He's just like out there. Yes.
0: And but you think I, he's going crazy? The, the thing is, they do, do a actually... good
1: job of leading
0: you to believe that he is going to do something that he's not going to do. They have the force movers bring him to his parents' closet, where he sees a gun. Now, the gun is used at the end of the movie when he when he shoots Frank, but you you think you see him grab the gun, and then you instantly see him at the bus stop. That's a weird scene. You're like, what is he gonna do with the gun? And that doesn't end up happening in the way that you might first perceive it to be. So there's there is a good uses of misdirection in this movie. I have to say, like as far as favorite scenes, um, I like. I like a lo- a lot of the scenes that utilize music um so any because I love the soundtrack and so anytime that they're able to to like kind of like the opening scene's good the the closing scene where he is fighting and then he ends up shooting Frank is a pretty amazing scene and although I don't exactly understand why the bullies are robbing the house they're just kind of there I guess to move the plot yeah why away. were they
1: there to like yeah try to kill them too
0: yeah, I and I, though they weren't trying to kill them, they were just there to. I think, uh, presuming they were trying to like burgle the house or something, and then they happened to burgle the house.
1: Burgle, nice. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I did think that. I don't know why I didn't write that down.
0: Um, and then there's a lot of really funny scenes with the teachers, um, like the, the. Well, actually, the scene that Donnie confronts um, Jim Cunningham and basically call and calls him out. And, uh, and then he gets in an altercation with his teacher earlier over what, like, because he thinks it's ridiculous that she's reducing everything down to fear and love, which is ridiculous. I mean, he is right that, that there's, teacher got a, there's a whole spectrum of human emotions, and she's trying to reduce everything to fear and love. It is, of course, ridiculous. And I remember that really sticking out to me the first time I watched the movie, was I was like, oh, that, that's so true. Like, the, life is a lot more complicated than, like, a an an xy like or not even an xy just an x plane that is only one direction like like a a, like two-dimensional line it's a lot more complicated than that yeah
1: it's fourth dimension this movie explains that
0: yes so uh but not everyone uh maybe has the same opinions and that's why we read an outsider review that is always negative every single week because you can always be negative you you can, can always be a pessimist you can always be a pessimist So, uh, uh, Todd McCarthy of Variety says Donnie Darko has plenty of problems, but most stem from a young filmmaker overswinging for his first time up to the plate and hitting a deep fly out rather than a home run. So, a fly out. So, like, this is a. It gets almost to the fence, but somebody catches it. Um, eh, Yeah, you might be able to. I disagree. I disagree. This is a good first movie. Like, really good. This is almost like the best. Maybe one of the best first movies you could... I mean, maybe we'll talk maybe about... Maybe Jordan Peele would be better. We, we can talk about who else we think had really good Jordan first Peele movies. did Get
1: Out for first. Quentin
0: Tarantino did Reservoir Dogs for his first film. Oh, okay. So let's just... So those we'll talk... There might be... I can't really think of other people right now, but maybe we'll talk about but, that later.
1: But here's the thing. I think that this is like such a complicated movie, almost like a Christopher Nolan movie. A little bit less... Not pragmatic. A little bit less like a formula... Cause this movie is kind of like destructive and like leads to a conclusive ending, but Christopher Nolan's movie would probably have a few more twists than yes. This. But uh, it feels like a Christopher Nolan movie because you're always thinking and you don't know what's going on, and even at the end, you gotta like once you you gotta like finally understand it right at the very 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 end.
0: Uh, where Nolan and Richard Kelly, I think, diverge is that um, I f- I feel like the characters in this movie feel a lot more. Like, you're just, it it feels like you're in a normal movie that's about school for half of the movie.
1: That's true. Where Christopher Nolan movies, most people are, like, super serious and really involved in the plot.
0: Yeah, the jokes in this movie are actually very, like, actually funny in a lot of scenes. And they they hit kind of this, like, realistic dialogue in some parts. I'm not saying the whole movie has entirely realistic dialogue. But uh, that, something that Nolan can sometimes hit a little bit of humor, but most of the time, his plots definitely are like just revolve around a serious thing going on, and they can feel a little bit uh, like you're in a Lincoln commercial the whole time. Like I always
1: say about Christopher Nolan, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, so let's get to our scores. Scores, N- not keep people waiting. Score like our rate, ra- yes, ratings, scores. Yes, gotcha. I so
0: um, we start out with sentiment every time. What did you give this sentimentally? I gave this a seven. I really liked it. I give this a 9, Ooh. and I, I almost wanted to give it a 10, but I feel like that should be rever- re- reserved for the very few and select. So, 9. This is this is definitely up there. I, I said before it was in my top 10. Uh, it still might be in my top 10, definitely in, in my top 20 at this current point in my life. Um,
1: uh, it's, this is probably in my top 20.
0: Yeah, it's just... Uh, something that it, ma- it makes you feel something like the characters in the movie like it's not just that it has an ambitious plot line but it's it, also it makes that-
1: you feel like the themes in the movie like yeah. the themes in the movie aren't like intending for you I mean maybe they are like like subconsciously but like the themes aren't in, like forcing you to think of like time and reality and like timelines and like life in general and what's worth searching for and like whether reality is real or who you should trust or like who someone can actually be yeah like there's a lot of deep themes in this like a lot
0: yes and and they even they even like scratch the surface of like uh, like Donny is a lot of times struggling with the search for God whether it's worth it like the like morality and and then he realizes that he kind of admits to like God being a certain force in the universe but we don't really necessarily understand what he means by that because he obviously sees that everything is predestined but he he doesn't exactly know who is predestining predestining it and why and obviously as a tangential universe um we i mean, it's hard to understand exactly what the uh, like ethics or morality of their or cuz a, th- a tangential universe is purely theoretical but in this movie it's like a reality mm-hmm. which yeah. is uh, kind of hard to understand um because yeah because tangential universes in theory actually exist because every every decision that is not made or that could be a different decision is like another universe
1: yeah that's that's the end game rule
0: right but we only are in this single timeline and this is the only timeline that matters because it's the one if you think about exists. it if you're
1: thinking about it like timeline like if you're thinking about like timeline wise it's the exact same as end game yes timeline why i mean obviously there are More implications in Endgame because, like, Cap coming back as an old man, that kind of like messed things up a little bit. But, like, ignoring that um, and ignoring Cap going back to Return of the Stones, like, there's a regular timeline. They have to diverge and get a new timeline, and then they bring that timeline back to the original timeline.
0: Right. Yeah, there's a lot of comparisons to be made. Although I would say that Endgame is as ambitious as Donnie Darko is, Endgame was probably more ambitious.
1: Yeah, Mon- like... Just because it's the grand scale of it. Yes. It's nothing. No, nothing has been made on that grand scale. It
0: might not actually be as complex as this movie, like no, the, not just at all. as a singular movie. But in you terms can understand of ambition, and
1: if you've never seen a Marvel movie and you watch Endgame, you understand it. Yeah. Kind of. Like you'll you'll understand like oh that's the bad guy oh you, that's where you it's might going. have
0: to watch a video after but you probably wouldn't have
1: to. Yeah, you'd have to watch a video to like learn more about it, you know? But you'll yeah. understand what's happening in Donnie Darko. You don't understand what's happening even if you like read the book. Before, yeah
0: even yeah. if you read the philosophy of space and time uh, or yeah the philosophy, time travel. the philosophy of time travel all right so message we kind of i oh, think yeah. we actually I forgot kinda, we're doing ratings we, we kind of talked about this actually while we were talking about sentiment
1: so, uh, okay i'm changing it right now i'm giving yeah, this an eight
0: because I, I gave it an eight too because like we talked about it hits on so many deep things. i gave it a
1: six at first but i gave it an eight just because i remembered everything So, yeah, I just changed my final score, too. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, everything that's said, like, it gets really dark. It talks about life, death, reality, what's real, what's going on, what do we trust, who someone can truly be, like, if you can't trust them, stuff like that. Energy, like, what kind of different belief systems there are, what different, like, it even talked about, like, the idea that in some schools, like, teachers can't talk about, um, like, any religion or anything or like at that.
0: least uh, specifically god in relation to science i yep. think was the the issue one teacher mentioned like oh, i can't keep talking about this because i'm gonna I, I could get fired and his girlfriend or wife actually got fired because of one of the books that she used in class so it was also dealing with like how much freedom do we give teachers and what they teach to students and how much power do like pe- one parent have over an entire school in terms of influencing what is taught in classes. And this is, okay, this is a very strange school, too. Because, like, it looks like a private school, but like, the way it was run, I wasn't sure whether it was a private school. They have uniforms. They have uniforms, but everyone in the town, it seemed like, went to the school. Yeah,
1: and then they're, like, putting a knife against their neck in the bathroom. Yeah. That one of the bullies was.
0: So, how realistic the school was, probably not very. But, and this is in Middlesex, Virginia, which is supposed to be... (laughs) Be, that's what it's called. Yes. It's, I think it's supposed to be kind of a like upper middle class like area that's pr- pretty nice. The the um, uh, Donnie Darko's sister Elizabeth is going, it got like gets accepted into Harvard. So like high academics. Um, and then like his younger sister is in Sparkle Motion. So they have like, I guess, athletic or out of school pursuits. Mm hmm. Um, whether it's a really nice prep school or it's just a public school, it's just a weird place. So plot, uh, what would you give plot?
1: I gave plot an 8 also.
0: I gave plot a 7. Okay. And I think the reason I didn't give it higher was because I feel like any anything that you can't explain the plot of the movie without going to watch other things, you sh- you have to get a few points taken out. Like, Like, it's impressive, but also... <laughs> Like, good filmmaking would, a good plot writing and good filmmaking would allow for the viewer to understand the film pretty well without having to, like, do a lot of background research, even though it's cool that he did that.
1: Yeah, and that's probably preference because I like doing the research after movies and I like having an ambiguous ending sometimes. And I also really like, like, movies that are so complicated that the general audience doesn't get it. So then when you get it, or like you do a lot of research to get it, you can like... It just feels satisfying. Yeah, like, do you understand? Yeah. Like, d- nobody understands Inception. Nobody does. And you're like, yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, I understood it like the first time I watched it. I hope it. people
0: understand Inception. It's yeah. not super complicated. Yeah, I
1: don't know why everybody keeps saying that. Like, I've, only, I've seen it like five times, I, I, and I think I understood it the
0: first time. I think Ten- Tenet was a lot more complicated than yeah, Inception.
1: I, there was one part in Tenet I didn't get till the very end, but I got Tenet right away. I guess I got Tenet for the most part.
0: Although I think Zach probably had to explain some of it to me, but you can go back and listen to our tenant episode if you're wondering. Yeah,
1: maybe Ben explained it to me. We don't remember because it was backwards and forwards at the same time. So yeah. Um. How about cinematography? Cinematography. Let's see. I gave cinematography a seven.
0: I gave it an eight. I like the uh, the like white. Uh, this is again like uh, as like whiter lighter colors were brought out in the cinematography. Um, in terms of editing, well oh, that's probably more style, but there was a lot of like fades and uh i guess there wasn't necessarily any like money shots in particular mm-hmm. other than the one shot where he's at the party and the camera kind of flips over and then you can and then he starts to see people's like forces taking them places that's kind of a cool shot yeah. that was one that stood out but yeah i mean i thought it was good so i gave it an eight but
1: yeah i gave cinematography a seven because same things that you said and then a lot of the frank scenes were pretty cool too like uh, when he's with the therapist, and he's like, they're just talking like quietly, and then all of a sudden he goes, "I see him! I see him!" And he's like, it shows Frank like right away, and it the camera goes back and forth between Frank and uh, Donnie, and he's like bowing down to Frank, and it's it's really weird and a little creepy and ominous, but it's it was it was good shots, so. Yes, definitely,
0: definitely some good shots. How about character arcs? I gave that a 7. I gave mine a 9.
1: Ooh! So I love the character arcs, I guess. I love them. I thought they were good. Yeah, I, I like that they gave even the non-important characters... Character I think arcs. that's what did it for me, to be honest. Because it's not even that they don't connect to the plot. It's At the end, they reveal that they kind of do review, connect to the plot because they all pointed him towards his destiny.
0: Right, they, they go a little bit more in-depth into... The characters like um, like the like the English teacher and like the motivational speaker more than you think that they would need to to, to make this plot going. And I think since I value, a lot of times I'm like, well the main characters had good character arcs but the people, the side characters didn't really. I feel like this is a movie that has pretty strong character arcs on the side so, mm-hmm. so that's why I gave it such a high score.
1: Yep, same thing.
0: Alright, originality. I give it a 10 because I cannot think of any movie that tries to do this exactly how they did it 10 Oof. 10 on original. i gave it a 9
1: so i, I still gave it a high score
0: yeah so perfectly original now okay now that i think about it it might be more like a 9.75 obviously still keeping the 10 rounding up because uh well actually come to think of it though this movie has to be one of the first movies that actually used 80s retro look because think about it, this movie was made in 2001 yeah and it was it was that it was dated at like 1988 so that's that's only like 13 years that's so, true so like stranger things now and like some of these summer of 84 like we were talking and about and there weren't many use 80s retro but they came out
1: way after the 80s yeah. this movie was only like, like 13 years after the 80s and there weren't many mo- many movies or shows about like existentialism yet obviously there was like a mo- the existentialism movement back then uh the 70s and stuff like that but there it, really it was like it was a movie that kind of was new because it talked about like what is life, what is it going? Obviously, obviously, it goes into religions and stuff like that, and uh, um, like what it means to be alive and to be aware. So
0: and it's not completely like surrealist, like um, like movies like Eight and a Half and Eraserhead that. Are like barely grounded in reality in the, the movies.
1: No, it like uses- this
0: movie is supposed to be completely grounded in reality, a science fiction reality, but still a reality that's supposed to make logical sense. So yeah, a lot of movies that deal with existentialism deal with this realm that is like not actually supposed to be grounded in reality, and all these
1: strange things happen because they aren't. Yeah, the rules aren't the same. So when I read, I read philosophy last year, and there are There's two forms of philosophy. <laughs> philosophy uh rationalism and empiricism um empiricism um, or um, i think it's empiricism or imperialism not imperialism that's star wars yeah empiricism so empiricism is where you derive things purely from experience and this is what this movie does rationalism is where you take theories and logic and facts and laws and derive things from that but experience is where empiricism comes and this movie takes the experiences that you that you feel what you can taste and see and touch in real life and what here? That's the fifth sense, and um, and the sixth sense. Ooh, ooh, another good movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, taking what you can experience in real life and relating it to what the deeper meaning in life would mean from those experiences. Yeah. So that's definitely. A very heavy philosophy and they relate it to time travel which is super interesting to me because i love philosophy and i really love time travel yeah that's why i gave the plot a higher rating than you because time travel movies obviously i love yes. those anyway
0: um and uh zach has kind of talked a lot about the philosophy of it but uh well actually I- i'll i'll skip this for another part because i feel like what i'm going to talk about next at a couple of the other parts could um you could talk about it in that. So, how about acting? This this movie, for somebody who is a new director, I believe Richard Kelly was around 24, 25 when he directed this, he got a lot of big names to be in this movie. That is random. And a lot of up-and-comers who are now bigger names than they were when they were in this movie. So, let's talk about some of these people. So, first, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Donnie Darko. Who is Mysterio nowadays. Yes, nowadays he's Mysterio. He was in Zodiac, um, which I've watched. He's in Nightcrawler as mm-hmm. a lead movie. I know he's in a... Uh, and uh, Villanueva film um, it's called Prisoner. He's he, he's probably one of the most talented actors of today. And this movie was the start of that. And I don't say that lightly. Like, I actually think he's one of the most versatile mm-hmm. actors. That's true. Um, and then his sister Maggie played Elizabeth. Um, she's most well known probably for being in The Dark Knight. He, they're sisters in the movie and in real life. Yes. Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, two of the movies, I believe. She plays Rachel? Rachel. Really? In not, not, Batman Begins, Katie Holmes plays Rachel. Yeah. But in The Dark Knight, she Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal plays Rachel. So
1: she's the Rachel that dies. That's awesome. Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And uh, then we have Patrick Swayze
0: plays Jim Cunningham. And uh, he had a big run of movies in the late 80s, early 90s with, uh, I think, Roadhouse. Maybe. Um, Roadhouse, Dirty Dancing, and Point Break. Uh, I believe he was in Roadhouse, at least. Uh, but I, I I mostly know him from Point Break, personally. And I think... You know him personally? No, not personally, but... Uh, um, he he was completely amazing in that movie with Keanu Reeves. Definitely, Keanu Reeves was amazing in his own right in that movie, but he was definitely the superior actor in terms of talent. And uh, that year, he also happened to win Sexiest Man Alive in People Magazine, um, nice. Probably had nothing to do with being in that
1: movie. Um, I'm trying to. Th-
0: yeah, Seth Rogen's Man. in this movie too, and Seth Rogen got his start in this
1: movie as one of the bullies, which is super random. It's weird because he wasn't even that great in this movie at all. No, actually, he was pretty subpar. And who else? Who else is in this movie?
0: Uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore was a big. Part of this movie getting made. I didn't think she was good in this movie either. She, she wasn't. She she honestly did not have a great performance. And I really haven't seen her in much else. I actually got her confused with somebody who was in Magnolia. But it, it's actually just someone who kind of looks like her. Not really her. Um, but yeah. It was kind of a weird uh, role. Or that, But she must have really saw this movie. And thought that it was going to take off. And I guess she was kind of right. Um, Ashley Tisdale also played one of the girls. I'm not exactly sure who... And obviously, she had a much bigger career after this. And then, Jason Sw- Jason Schwartzman Schwartzman was originally supposed to play Donnie Darko, and uh, he's in uh, like Rushmore. He's in Wes Anderson movies, actually, mostly. Fantastic Mr. Fox, etc. Cetera. etc. Cetera. So a lot of big names and big names links to this. But uh, so, what do you what do you think about the acting?
1: What's the score? I give it a seven. I gave it an eight. It's pretty good, although Drew Barrymore project. Yeah, I right was I was gonna give it an eight or nine actually. I was mostly thinking about but Drew brought it down for me. I was mostly thinking and about Seth. Jake. Jake Gyllenhaal. S- Jake did a good job. He did a good job yeah, of so, mentally so
0: good. He's always had good facial rea- like facial acting, but I love his eyes. His yeah, eyes are his, very his expressive. Eyes, in every movie he like uses his eyes in a different way too. These are he's kinda of sleepy and nightcrawler they're like completely open the entire time. It's amazing.
1: Okay, next category is style i'll give it an eight seven good creepy ominous eighties, land eighties and style
0: weird editing but it works it goes a lot with of the- fades a lot of cuts that are like really like you notice them like they cut after a strange line and go into somewhere else it keeps you on your toes yeah yeah score Eight. Ten. Ten I this is absolutely two tens. Absolutely one of my favorite movie scores of all time. I love this this movie made me got wow. me into like an eighties new wave phase. Because the songs I think the Guardians Song, of the galaxy would be a no, good eighties. I, I definitely like this better as an eighties. Because this, wow. this this it's New Wave. It has it has um Echo and the Bunny Man with the Killing Moon. Makes it has sense. um Bunny Man. The Church with I forget what the the church's song was, "Under the Milky Way." Yes, and then uh, it has "Tears for Fears" with "Head Over Heels," um, "Notorious" by Duran Duran, uh, and these are all like people who are in the new wave post punk movement. And I got subsequently after I watched this movie got into some of those <laughs> bands like XTC I wonder why. and Ecstasy. I mean, and uh, not the drug, the band. And Good. I'm really glad. Uh, and the chameleons and some other people that I would have never heard of if I didn't watch this yeah. movie. So I think because of that, I revere the soundtrack a lot higher than other people would. Okay. Finally, choreography, which I gave six. A seven, what six seems a little bit more accurate because there wasn't really a lot of action. Yeah.
1: And it's not even that it wasn't, there wasn't a lot. It's just like, even some of the, like some of the action parts, like the car scene, it just felt like a little, you know, just different. Yes. It wasn't like needed to be like that. Yeah. but it was
0: still good so um overall uh i give it an 84 percent. wow okay. is that your highest which, yes it's my highest and i'm completely expecting that because i love this movie i gave it a 74 a 74 which is still pretty high especially for zach's standards that's the second highest i think uh or maybe t- yeah i think i think i got 73 for-
1: 74 and then up got a 78 yes
0: 84 uh, plus 74. I think I actually enjoyed right this too. movie
1: more than Up. No, I don't know. So it's no, still mind,
0: 79. Still 79. So still not 80. So 79% between both of us. All right, we're also we're getting a little long, but we'll try to get through. There's just this movie. I feel like it warrants a long podcast though, because yeah, there's, there's so much, much to talk so about. much to talk about. But we almost jinxed that one. Yes, we also have to talk about things that we don't like though.
1: Yeah, and we said a few, but uh, okay, Brita Moments. Stuff that we don't like. Community reference, we've explained it before. It's basically ki as a character from community that everybody hates. Even the show hates it hates the character. Yes. So they make fun of her and now we're saying the worst part of this movie is gonna be called the Britta Moments.
0: Okay. Um the whole thing with that one, with Charita or whatever her name was made no sense in the But I feel so bad for her. I know. I guess that's the whole point is that you're supposed to feel bad for her, but I feel like she was kind of unnecessary. And it, she was kind of the the butt of jokes that I feel like she didn't really deserve. So she didn't deserve any of those. Yeah. I mean and you know I laughed but that doesn't mean that I was it's, cracking up the whole time. <laughs> but doesn't was, mean
1: that it's good. It's so sad though.
0: Yeah and uh I think there, oh, there was some really good one that I had. I thought I the kept, bullies weren't needed in the, the mo- girl, in the story, in the The, the bullies were were kind of obnoxious. They
1: weren't. They weren't needed for anything. No, they weren't. They really weren't. Seth Rogen's lucky that they kept them in there because that's the only way he got out there. Um,
0: Sparkle Motion was a little weird. There, um, yeah, there I was, didn't
1: really like that. There was a weird dancing scenes. Yeah. Um, and I, I,
0: they were probably make, trying to make some sort of point with that, but I didn't really like. Dive deep
1: into that. How they did,
0: how they did that. So not a big fan of, not a big fan of Drew Barrymore in this movie. What's the other teacher? I liked him. He was pretty uh, good. The professor Monatov. Yeah, he was pretty. He good. was pretty good, and I think honestly, what, uh,
1: Kitty Farmer, who's played by Beth Grant, she was hilarious. The, the mean teacher. Yes. She was pretty funny. She did a good job. She embodied that personality perfectly. Yes. Or almost perfectly. Um, but I think that's pretty much it with the
0: Britta moments. It's a good movie, and I think there might have been a... I, just, I, keep, I keep thinking of this, like... The only thing, thing I
1: didn't like about this movie is the bullies. Everything else I actually really liked. That's probably yeah. my only Brita moment. Um, stock market. Who are we buying stock in? Um, we're talking about in 2001, who are we buying stock yeah. in? I am buying stock... I probably wouldn't think of buying stock in Seth Rogen, even though I know he gets big now. Yeah, I don't think you
0: would. I think you would honestly might even sell stock in Seth Rogen. Yeah. Which case you would probably lose, but like... I don't... Yeah. Like, his career going forward definitely went a lot further up than this.
1: I Same thing with Drew Barrymore. Like, I probably wouldn't. I
0: honestly don't know whether her career got at really a lot better, though, after this. But you she's hear just, about her a lot. She's just a like pop culture figure because of <sighs> E.T., and then
1: she's probably decent in some other movies. So I would probably put so much money into Jake Gyllenhaal and make a lot of money off of that. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was the the clearly to go with. And I would give $793,000.43.
0: But who we really got to talk about, I think, in this section is Richard Kelly. Because Richard Kelly was, like I said, he was like 24 when he made this movie. And uh, if you look at what else he made after this, he made the movie Domino, he made, which I've never heard of. He's made <laughs> Southland Tales and The Box. So Is that That's it? So he made three That's movies it? after Donnie Darko. Domino was rated um, 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Southland Tales was rated, uh, I don't even know. It's not even listed here what it's rated. Um, so I'll try to find that out. But I don't think any of these So he didn't really
1: do well after that, even though I would put a lot of money
0: into him. Yeah, like... At the time, I would have said this guy is bound to have a Quentin Tarantino-like career. So we would have lost is money. He an early, early, early guy. But even Quentin Tarantino was in his 30s when his career started to take off. And so you start to wonder, was Richard Kelly too young when he made this movie? And even, I watched an interview after with him, and he was like, he even says he thinks that 24 is too young. And somehow he didn't mess up. Like So obviously there was something very special going on with this very specific plot that he was never able to replicate and honestly it's hard when you come out with a really good movie the first movie that you release because it's hard to top it i Mm -hmm. feel like there's other directors out there who that's happened to yep or michael bay michael bay (laughs) what Uh, bad
1: boys you think is his best movie was that his first movie yeah uh okay i recant that
0: yeah, I don't think Michael although I don't think he really
1: got a lot better to be honest. But I liked Bad Voice. Everybody keeps bad telling Vi- me that I gave it a bad rating. They're like, Oh I listened to your podcast. You gave that such a bad rating. I love that movie. But I like it think was okay.
0: It honestly it probably is one of his We just movies. rate low. We rate low, except for when it's Donnie Darko. And
1: compared to all these movies, I would watch Bad Boys, if not last, second to last, probably. You know? Oh, all the movies that we rated? Yeah, I'm thinking of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in particular. In um, particular. That would be up there for me. I don't want to spend a lot of time watching that one again. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. This movie... this movie. Uh, it's a good, a, say, a good length. We always say... Ben
1: and I say an hour and a half is a perfect length for a movie. Yes, this one was an hour 48, a little bit longer,
0: but... Um, if you can fit it, I'm glad What it was you need though. to fit in under two hours, you are so. That is they could have easily,
1: like nowadays, if someone's making a movie off this plot, like since three-hour movies are common nowadays, they would have made this a three-hour movie. Also, I don't think
0: they they do have a director's cut for this movie, which I would be interested in watching. I don't exactly know how to get that. I think you might have to buy it on DVD to actually even watch that. But uh, like that that might add to understanding the movie. But it might not make for an actual better movie in terms of like the pacing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you, because I think it mostly focuses on more of the nerdy stuff, so that could get in the way of like how snappy the dialogue was and how, like the yeah. editing and stuff. If you add that in, I think. Yeah. But I would have to watch it to know for sure whether that's the case.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. The and yeah. Somehow Kevin Smith was also involved in the director's commentary. That's interesting. Um. So yeah. I mean. That I think that's pretty much everyone. Patrick Swayze, um, you could have bought stock in him, but unfortunately he passed away in 2009, I believe, uh, which is very sad. But, uh, he was, an, uh, I think he died, yeah, he died of cancer at the age of 57. Um, very sad. He was a, an actor who had an amazing run in the 90s and then had a, a pretty good, uh, rest of his career, this movie being one of them. Um... So, it's, it's sad to see people die young, unfortunately, in Hollywood and in acting. We just notice it a lot more because they have the spotlight and it happens. Um, so, moving on from the stock market, we don't really have any feedback, I don't think. Do, do, do you have
1: anything to report on feedback? Um, no. I guess not.
0: So, uh, we yeah, we've talked a lot about this movie. This will probably end up being one of our longer podcasts um do we have anything like in the final the the final parts of the movie to kind of uh pick apart uh do you think it was too confusing with the uh with the the jet engine thing i think that's a little i did not together.
1: get the jet engine thing at all that was probably but i don't and, i don't and want them to explain donnie, it like that though. donnie apparently
0: has power so like he at the end of the movie he is like opens the portal to cut the engine off and take it back to the universe but that's not explained so that's also kind of a theory because we see him just sitting there watching it but it doesn't this is i don't think it necessarily implies that he does that so that might just be like some sort of fan theory um i'm sure what richard kelly has weighed in but also it's kind of good that this is up for interpretation like that makes for an interesting movie when people are like arguing and trying to figure out what happened and the director might just be like you know it's kind of up for your interpretation yeah Although in a movie like
1: this, that might not be quite as good because it's supposed to be science fiction. I would just say go watch it. Put yourself in immersed in this movie. It's definitely a great experience that I had. Yes, it's
0: worth it. I did not overhype this movie like I may have overhyped Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He said
1: Donnie Darko in it probably every podcast before this. So yeah, that's true. I did. I
0: honestly, after I watched this movie, the first thing I wanted to do was watch it again, which I didn't do. And i so want to watch I it again it.
1: sometime i want to watch the director's cut now yeah
0: and i want to go listen to uh the echo and the bunny man and the church and i just like that they used the song by echo and the bunny man because frank is a bunny and that like yeah. ties into the movie it's just amazing like all that all those things all
1: that jazz uh, um all right if
0: if you're confused and you want need more explanation email us at Pod at gmail.com or dm us at on instagram at uh at the movie vault pod we're on twitter too at movie vault pod um where we're we're working on some other stuff in the future so well we've already said
1: that we've been working on our youtube channel that hasn't worked out lately so we're actually going to wait a little bit before we launch that before we have everything perfectly set up because we don't want to launch it and do an inadequate job we want to do our best once we get it yes
0: so um we do actually have one full episode recorded we weren't lying about that but we just haven't released it yet Um, we will probably do so at some point when the channel launches, but hopefully, uh, like the quality will be better at when the channel launches. We're going to
1: be consolidate. We're going to be talking with, uh, Stavon here soon to set that up. Hopefully this next month, hopefully,
0: hopefully. But, uh, with I think next week, um, we are doing trolls and there may or may not be a guest. So that's exciting. We will, we'll see whether that works out. If it doesn't, me and Zach will just tackle trolls ourselves. Yep. And uh, so, We will tackle trolls. we we'll put on Justin Timberlake. We will tackle and, each uh, troll. that one song that was like overplayed. And they for, will be smushed. Yes. <laughs> they will be smushed. And yeah. It, it'll be a fun episode. A little bit less dense.
1: A little bit less darko.
0: A little, yeah. A little bit less Darko, and we're and we won't be doing the sequel to this movie S Darko anytime soon because uh, and we will
1: not be doing the sequel to Trolls World Tour S Darko unless
0: it gets requested. A thirteen uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't think. We're what
1: gonna if do somebody it. requests it and we do our if somebody requests
0: it. Us that we do S Darko? Then I guess we might have to do it.
1: I kind of want to watch S Darko.
0: Yeah, I, actually now I kind of do, even though I know it's going to be completely trash. It's it's based on uh, Samantha, the girl, the younger sister.
1: Oh, nice. Dang. Yeah. But with that, I yeah, think it's we, time to close long. the vault. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. But yes. Okay. Would you like me to close it with rigor or with passion or with anger? With anger. I would like to see some anger. All right. It is now time to close the vault. <laughs> <laughs>